Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Good morning. It is Tuesday, May 2nd. It is seven minutes after nine. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC Indianapolis. Today is primary day, decision day. Get out there, vote, get your button. Rob, I've realized why they call it the month of May. Oh, why? It may rain, it may snow, it may hail, it may be sunny, it may be 70 degrees, it may be 30 degrees. You just never know. So do you want to know what I'm going to do when I get off work here? What are you going to do? Because as you know, Casey, one of my great joys in life is that... Being right? Well, yes. Oh, you have another great joy. But, uh... I am mm-hmm. officially, as confirmed to me multiple times by our good friend, the state treasurer, Daniel Elliott, who will be with us next week, in fact, that I am, as much as Republicans in elected office in the state hate me, a Republican in good standing. And because of the corrupt little weasels who try to rig the system against regular people who write the laws, in order to be a Repu- considered a Republican in good standing, you have to have voted in the last two Republican or the last, the law is a little vague, whether it's actually the last two Republican primaries or the last two times you voted, you have to have voted in the Republican primary. It's deliberately vague so they can try to keep the riffraff out in case you were to ever want to run for public office. Mm -hmm. Now, as you know, I'm very retired from running for public office and I'm totally needed here and I would never give up the opportunity to be heard from Illinois to Ohio and all points in between. So, But what I don't want to cede is the ground that without any discussion or debate that I am a Republican in good standing because I think that carries weight when I come on these radio airwaves and on a regular basis tell did you know we're number one? Yes. Did you know? I did know. Did you know how well we're doing? Um, Our number one audience how much Republicans are failing you on a colossal basis every single day. I think that carries weight. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I did an interview yesterday with our friends from Barrett Media. And apparently, even though we're told, you know, by our friends at the Statehouse, no one listens, apparently national media publications like Barrett are taking an interest in what we do and are doing a very fabulous piece. And again, I'm told nobody cares about me, but they asked me what I thought on some topics. You've done this interview already, uh, I've already done the interview. I can't wait to read all the nice things you said about me. I said many fabulous things about you. Good. Um, (laughs) And one of the things, you know, we got to talking about was why do people listen to you? And I said one of the reasons people listen to me, us, whatever, is because we tell the truth about what's going on. Like, there... I made a decision a very long time ago that I am fine being poor and disconnected from people in power. And for so many people in our business, and especially in politics, making money and being connected with the power people is how they judge their worth. I waved goodbye to that a long time ago. I am fine if I die in a ditch with the clothes I have on my back. It does not bother me. There's nothing you're going to do to me if you're a politician that is going to get me to not tell the truth to our audience about the behavior of the politicians. And so I have to, Casey, today, even though I have no one to vote for because there are no contested races in the town of Brownsburg, which is wild because when those greedy piggies at the trough gave themselves those raises we talked about last year, their whole thing was, we must bribe better people to run to clean up the terrible job we've done. 
I'm still going to go vote. I will vote for my good friend Glenn Adams, who will be new on the board, who is running uncontested, just to keep my definitive no debate, no discussion, no conversation whatsoever, Republican in good standing status. I get to vote for mayor in Indianapolis. You have something to vote for. That's a big vote. So I'm going to do that on my way home today. Isn't that pathetic, though? That like, okay, so let's take Brownsburg, where I live, because this is true in many communities across the state, especially in central Indiana. Now, yes, there are primaries for mayor in Indianapolis and Carmel and um, uh, Westfield, mm-hmm. but by and large, these are uncontested town and city council races. And this is why we have some of the dumbest people alive making terrible decisions for communities across our state. You have to get involved. You have to get involved at a local level and at a state level. Next year, there is a made-for issue for any person who wants to make a difference, and that issue is property taxes. Property taxes. If you are willing to run for state house or state senate, you are remotely competent, and you can raise a few dollars to get mailers out and signs in yards, and you run and do not, under any shape, form, or fashion, get off the issue of property taxes, you will win. And if you have questions on how to do that, Rob at WIBC.com, at Rob M. Kendall on Twitter. You may know, Casey, I've never lost an election. Mm -hmm. I will absolutely tell you how to do that. These people, and it started again today, our old pal from Seymour is back being a tough guy on social media. Now, he's getting crushed because he won't come on the show. He has said definitively, I will not come on your show. But he is out there telling everybody again what a great job the General Assembly did. These people down the street from us believe that $90 million in new gas taxes, a record $44 billion budget, giving billions more to the angry red-shirted teachers, suspending the automatic taxpayer refund, doing next to nothing to help you with property taxes, growing government at record levels, giving the governor $65,000 in raises, giving themselves $1.5 million in raises, while you get crap. They genuinely believe, they are arrogant enough to believe at their core that they've done a good job. You can beat these people next year and, it, well, a libertarian has no chance. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about running in Republican primaries across this state and they have given you the issue. Property taxes. On it, don't get off it. Casey, I will tell you off air who this person was. I will not disclose it to you on these airwaves, but you will you may actually poop your pants <laughs> when I tell you who this person was who messaged me last night. If you were to and and no matter how much I may dislike you as uh, your politics, no matter how much you may have wronged the people of the state of Indiana or supported candidates who are wronging the people of the state of Indiana, I will not disclose you if you ask to remain anonymous and provide me information. But if you were to look up ultimate establishment, terrible candidate defender in the dictionary, there would be a picture of this guy. Mm-hmm. And even this guy sent me a message last night with this property tax bill. And you know what he said? Because now it's hitting him. Yeah. He said, I don't agree with you on a lot of things. But this. But you're totally right on this. Wow. And I'm telling you, if you are on the sidelines, get your ass off the sidelines and commit right now. State House, State Senate. It doesn't matter how entrenched the incumbent is. It doesn't matter how long they've been there. It doesn't money it matter how much money they raise. If you can get mailers and mailboxes mm-hmm. and signs and yards, knock and you will knock doors. on doors, 
you can win on this issue next year because these people are so fat and so happy and so self-absorbed, they will never see it coming. New voices, new ideas are needed. That was quite an opening salvo. So we're going to take you and your Indiana Pacers sweatshirt to Brownsburg coming up. There's also a balloon over Hawaii. And what in the world is Joe Biden saying this time? A lot coming up. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. If you could read my mind, love, what a tale my thoughts could tell. 19 minutes after 9, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC and trending this morning, Gordon Lightfoot, the Canadian folk singer who counted Bob Dylan among his friends, passed away on Monday at a Toronto hospital. He was 84 years old. Some of his hits include that song, If You Could Read My Mind. Also, Early Morning Rain, Sundown, which was his number one song, reached number one on the Billboard charts in 1974. But the one he's probably most associated with is the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Okay, so you know the rule. Yeah. The rule is if you have had three hits, you are what I would call mega star and worthy of time on this show. Okay. So if we say wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, Mm -hmm. if you could read my mind, Mm -hmm. Sundown. Carefree Highway is another one. Yeah. So at least four, maybe five, definitely noteworthy uh, one of the great Canadian artists, not to in any way diminish any of our Canadian listeners, that, but you just don't, you know, there are not nearly as many, at least in this country, Canadian-based artists who you hear. Rush would be one of them. Neil Young would be one of them. Alanis uh, Morissette would be one. In my house, growing up, Anne Murray. Brian Adams, one of I them. Believe. Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf. Okay, so there we go. We just listed a bunch. I think Steppenwolf had one hit, didn't they? I think that, I don't think they're quite a event. B- wasn't BTO from Canada, too? Yes, Bachman yes. Turner, Turner Overdrive. So, But certainly made his mark on mm-hmm. uh, Americana, a guy who had some serious addiction issues throughout his life, overcame those, lived a very very long life, and uh, the legend run de- runs down from the Chippewa on down. The legend, <laughs> you're trying to do to the line, <laughs> the legend lives on from the Chippewa on down to the big lake they call Gitchigami. Well, I teed it up for you. What do you mean I'm trying to? I teed <laughs> it up for you, and your job was to finish it. There you go. That's it. Okay, so also trending this morning, Tuesday morning, this is a store that's going out of business. They're set to close all of their stores by the end of this year, and that will include two stores in our area, the one in Carmel and also one What's in- it called? Tuesday morning. It's a discount store. Uh, Also, the one in Indianapolis will be closing as well. 22 minutes after 9, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So let's head to Brownsburg, okay? The law firm of Connell Michael Kerr announced that they're going to be representing the family of the seven-year-old child with special needs who was forcibly fed vomit by a teacher and aide in Brownsburg. And this is where we are now. They're turning off their comments on their social media. Yes. So I noticed yesterday a little birdie um, who is very involved in school issues over at Brownsburg. And by the way, I I mentioned this because, of course, there was a birdie who was very involved in school issues at Brownsburg who gave me this story. We broke this story, you know, weeks ago. Um, And I say this over and over and over again because I know 
how the superintendent operates there and with what an iron fist Jim Snap tries to rule with. And I know he has spent a great deal of time obsessing over who that little birdie in his ranks might be. You may also remember that a little birdie gave me that document that showed they were bringing the DEI officer back. So, Jim, hi, Jim. Um, just know that there is someone very close to you who absolutely hates your guts, knows what you do to kids, and knows how manipulative you are over there at the school corporation and wants nothing to do with you but needs a paycheck. So, mm-hmm. you can try to figure out who that is. Have a great day. Uh, yes, so I did notice yesterday, thanks to a little birdie, that the school corporation in Brownsburg has now turned off the ability to comment, like when they make a post on Twitter, uh, has turned off the ability for the citizenry, the taxpayers, someone like uh, me who lives in Brownsburg, to comment on official correspondence from the government. Mm-hmm. And you know why they did that, Casey? Well, I'm not going to say exactly that I know for sure, but it's probably just a giant coincidence that kid forced to eat vomit, allegedly, by multiple school employees, allegedly. School administration does nothing about it for multiple months. And then all of a sudden, well, now you can't comment on school-related posts? Well, what possible reason, as a government entity, who the job is to relay information to the public, would you not want them to be able to respond to the information that you are relaying? Make it go away. Make it go away. Make it go away. They just don't want... They want to bury the story, obviously. But it comes back to what... When we had Kirsten Furklick on last week, who's been trying to get information from the Brownsburg Police Department on this case, and she gets denied this bizarro letter from the police department attorney that looks like it was written in Chinese. She described it with multiple grammatical errors. And he's citing these codes, basically going, yeah, you know, this is... Uh, this is an issue that you know would affect all these people. But no, we're not giving you we're not giving you the information because of this state code. You've got an issue that potentially affects thousands of kids and families, and these kids are still in this school in question, much less the entire school corporation. But no, we're not going to give you the police report that details how we came to make the decision to charge these people. You don't know, are there other people potentially involved? Were there other people questioned? Are there other people we should be looking at? We're always told about what a safe space school should be, and yet you've got the attorney for the Brownsburg Police Department, who, by the way, according to Kristen, was copying Mm -hmm. a person who works for the law firm that represents the school on the email. Why the hell you would be doing that, I have absolutely no idea, unless... You've got two government agencies working in cahoots together to deny you, the citizen, information on what's happening inside the school corporation. That child was challenged with autism, memory issues, and had problems with communication. And they say it was the memory issues that affected his ability to recall the abuse to any adult. That's why it hadn't been reported. And the attorney for the family says that anyone with additional information about abuse within the Brownsburg community school system should contact the Brownsburg police. But is the Brownsburg Brownsburg police going to turn around and tell the school they have this information like they're doing in the email? Yeah. You know what? You contact the police. You absolutely should do that. 
But you know what? If you want your story told, you know you should you should else you should contact Casey. Casey Daniels three one seven Rob M Kendall. Yeah, absolutely. Twitter. Because what we've got right now, and look, I, I love many many people in the Brownsburg Police Department. They're very fine people. We're not talking about rank and file officers. We're not talking about people who are out helping people every day. Those people are wonderful. But the fact that the police department attorney who apparently, I mean, unless he's just a rogue agent acting on his own, is acting on the orders of someone inside that building, is denying parents the ability to find out what the hell happened and how they came to the conclusion, yes, we must charge these people, is gross. And then that he's CCing someone who allegedly works for the law firm that represents the school corporation. Look, an alleged crime took place on school grounds. Other than the school cooperating when the police or the prosecutor or whoever the investigative agency is, is asking them questions to give them information, they are no different than anyone else here because you don't know how far it goes. And by the way, no one has yet to be able to explain to me how something could allegedly involve this heinous could involve five different people inside that school and the superintendent, Jim Snap, who people don't breathe without his permission didn't know about claims uh, no idea yeah well if that's i don't know what's more pathetic if indeed he didn't know or he did know yeah i mean somebody explain to me how the superintendent who is this oh it's the number one school system he's the all-knowing all-seeing best of everything but yeah when it comes down to something that actually matters protecting kids well, I had no idea. Didn't know this was going on. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC and that balloon over Hawaii. We're going to get to that. Also, uh, another wild and wacky edition of What in the World is Biden saying? And that's coming up later. But Plus, next, we've got Micah Beckwith yes, on the way. Coming up next, we're going to talk about these Republicans who are going back to their constituents now. Saying, look what a fantastic job we did for you. Yes, it's an action-packed show today, Casey. Let's go. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Amen. Amen. It's time to go to church. Take me to church. Here to preach to the choir from the bully pulpit, Pastor Micah Beckwith. 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's here. Let's go to the drivehubler.com hotline, joined by the conservative voice of the state of Indiana, Micah Beckwith. All right, Beckwith, your buddy Jim Lucas, he's back on Facebook now the session's over, saying uh, what a great job the Republicans did in 2023, how lucky you are to have them, how hard they worked on your behalf. Do you agree that the Republicans did a great job with our finances in 2023? Okay, with our finances, no, I don't. I do think there were no, some good no. We're talking about the finances. No, no, this is no, about no, the finances. No, no, you can get you can get no, to the no, you can no. get to the social stuff in a second. With the finances, the tax increases, giving the governor sixty five thousand dollars in raises, giving the state house lawmakers one and a half million dollars in raises, ninety million in gas tax increases. Do you agree with the representative from Seymour that they did a great job in twenty twenty three? I completely disagree with him. I and and I like Jim as a person, and uh, I think you're spot on, Rob. Like the Republicans didn't do anything to help Hoosiers uh, go, who are going through this economic clown show that the Biden administration has perpetrated in our nation. And so, so yeah, I mean, it's to say we did something to help Hoosiers. I just think is completely disingenuous. It's not. It's not honest. And and so they they could have done a lot more. They didn't want to touch certain issues because of the 
of what of the, the blowbacks from local governments that I think a lot of them were afraid would happen because local governments are loving the money that they're getting right now from these taxes and and uh, and and they're not willing to tighten their belts. Just but we are as Hoosiers, we have to tighten our belts. So I think the government should have to tighten theirs. And the fact, let me say this too, just real quick. I did call my 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 rep and my senator, and I said, "What are you guys thinking about giving?" Uh, government officials raises like that is the worst optics you could ever imagine in in the state of affairs that we are right now what are you doing and and uh they didn't really have much of an answer for that. so 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 why you know these people better than i do obviously i just get name called and i'm glad jim's back to calling me names on social media he went very quiet uh during the no property tax plan period at the end of session so i'm i'm glad jim's back to believing the best way to serve his constituents is to name call me that's fine i'm a big boy so when you had your conversation with your state rep and senator and let's try to interpret the brain of jim lucas which is a very scary thing to try to do. Do they genuinely believe that 90 million in new gas taxes, suspending the automatic taxpayer refund, doing next to nothing on property taxes, uh, giving billions more to the angry red-shirted teachers, do they genuinely believe they did a great job? Well, I think when I talked to like my senator in particular, I think he was he was still trying to wrap his head around this budget. I mean, and he again, voted I, for I, it. What do you mean wrap no, his hey, head around it? He's still trying to read it. I get it. I get. That's what I said. I said, hey, you voted for it. They didn't have time to read it, and he was—he's upset about that. You have guys like um, I think Mike Young, Senator Mike Young, who voted no on it on the budget just because he didn't have time to read it. And I—I applaud—I applaud Mike for doing that. I think it's. Uh, we, you have to be able to read these bills before you vote on them. That's just common sense. That's uh, not a Nancy Pelosi. You got to pass it to know what's in it. But but these guys are these guys are you know swimming in, and just trying to keep their head above water with all the bills that they have to read. And so I understand it to one extent, but at the same time, it's like that's not an excuse. And so he was just trying to wrap his head around this. And I want to have grace, but at the same time, to your point, when we are all feeling the effects of biden in economic nonsense then you know i don't have much grace for people like that so hey micah so the session is wrapped up which means the prohibition on fundraising has ended as well do you feel that it's appropriate for any of our state reps to be asking for money and donations at this point (laughs) i think uh I think it'll be interesting to see the response they get from constituents when they go out and say, hey, give me some money. I I mean, it'll, I don't. Well, they already are. They already are. I mean, here it is, what, two days since the session's ended, and we already have reps that are putting stuff out there saying, give me money. Like, yeah. do you think they should wait, maybe? I, I just, I, I think it's a little tone deaf, right? I think you're, uh, you're basically saying, hey, I went down there you know, didn't give you any relief. Now give me more money so I can go down there again and do what, you know, do, do exactly the same thing. I mean, it's just going to be hard for them to raise money. This is what I've been saying with Republicans. We're going to lose the majority, the super majorities that we have. Good. If we're not careful. Great. Because, well, Hey, listen, Great. I, I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with that, Rob. Sometimes you have to, you have to give somebody over to Satan so that they can see what they've done. And then they'll, they'll, they'll come back to the, the way things should be. And I, I think I, but but you don't want to see that. Like, you, if we can avoid it, let's avoid that. But I just, to your point, I don't know if that's going to be going to be uh, possible or not. People are getting so mad, and the Republicans are at the are at the steering wheel right now in Indiana. And if they're not careful, they're going to lose 
that uh, that privilege. Uh, Micah Beckwith is our guest. So, okay, let's talk about the property tax issue. I maintain that it is the issue in 2024 that any person running for state house, running for state senate, who effectively raises a few bucks and campaigns on this will beat most of the incumbents. I agree. I think you're, you're spot on. Any candidate running in Indiana on either side of the aisle if they make this about property taxes, I think it's going to resonate with voters. I think voters are going to say, yeah, I mean, my property taxes went up uh, almost $1,000 this year. I mean, and, and, I'm, and I'm at the low end of, from what I'm hearing from people across the state. And so it's, uh, people are mad. They are really mad. And, and if you want to turn out voters, make them mad at the other side and uh and they'll come out for you so here is the question for you because i asked jim in a very kind way i i I responded to him he made the first salvo uh which again i'm glad he's back on facebook uh being very mean to me Uh, i'm a tough guy i can take it i didn't know the radio broadcaster belittling him is how to best serve your your constituents but that's okay um i offered to let him come on the show i said let's talk about your voting record let's talk about the the million and a half dollars in raises let's talk for you guys let's talk about 65 grand to the governor let's talk about the gas tax 90 million there record property taxes he don't want any part of that why do these guys not want to talk about their voting record they're big tough guys until they got to come in the studio and talk about their voting record and whether it's the tesla guy or Lucas. oh you wait wait do you mean the guy who's asking for money already oh tesla's your buddy tesla's the one who wants money micah What's his actual name? I always forget. Jake Teshka. Jake Teshka. Jake, you know? Jake, do you yeah. know him? Are you friends with him? I mean, I know him. We're not. We're, I mean, we don't have a personal relationship, but I, I follow some of the stuff he does, and you know, he does some good stuff on the social issues. I, I just so. want to walk through the voting record, and they don't want any part of that. The initial, the immediate response is name call Rob Kendall when I say I'd like to talk about your voting record. Why? Well, I think they. I think they're scared. I mean, Rob, you you know what you're talking about. Most of the time, ninety percent of the time, I agree. But I think they have to. They know they're coming into the ring, and 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 listen. I always say, as long as you can explain why you believe what you believe, I'll have mad respect for you. It's the people that dodge the questions or won't come into the ring to answer what they're doing and why they're doing it. That those are the people that I lose respect for very quickly. So I would encourage anyone. I mean, if you believe in like. You know, again, if you believe the the legislature did a good job this session, then come in and talk about the good. There are good things the legislature did. I, I mean, the social issues. I think they they did very well. The House passed some great measures to give parents uh, parental rights protections. Um, you know, protecting ki- children from uh, getting uh, just uh, destroyed as a child when it comes to mutilation surgeries and things like that. Those are great things. Those are great steps. But when it comes to the financial issues, you're right. I think they totally drop the ball and and they should come in and defend all right let's talk before you go micah beck with our guest you're on the hamilton county library board and you guys are back in the news again uh if you read the news report you are practically burning books in the uh the backyard of the hamilton county various hamilton county libraries people are irate at you for saying hey we want to make sure little kids uh, aren't exposed to adult content why are people so upset at you well, because they don't they don't know what's going on. They don't know the truth. They're listening to the leftist narratives of you're banning books. You're a kid's not going to be able to find this book anymore. And that's not true at all. We're actually just if it's an explicit book that's got explicit content in it, stuff like 
glorifying rape or violence or or uh, assault or things of that matter. We're just going to say, hey, you, we're not going to we're not going to put it in the kids or teens section. We're going to move it over to the uh, to the adult section. And at that point. You know, you can still get it. You know, kids can still go into the adult section with their parents. There's no one's keeping kids out of the adult section. They can still go get it. But what it does do, it puts standards in place that represent the value of, of Hamilton County and say, we're not going to let a five-year-old stumble across the book that some parents don't want their kids to see. And I think that's the... I think that's the crux of the matter. It's who gets to put the standards in place. Do we listen to a, a New York publisher for the standards? Do we listen to somebody on the Library Association, which is one of the most left-leaning associations out of all the associations in, in America? Do we listen to them and say, no, these are the proper standards? Or do we say, as a community, no, we, we want to create our standards. And so that's what we're doing. We've got four conservatives on the board. There's three uh, progressive uh, liberals on the board that, that are against us on this matter all the time. But um, but that's uh, but we're standing strong. I mean, the conservatives are saying, listen, we just don't want porn to fall in the hands of little kids. Uh, and those who are against us obviously have have said they that they would rather that be the case. So um, anyway, that's what's going on. Not banning books, not burning books, not, not we. I'm a I'm a free speech guy. I think I think it's important to have access to all kinds of material. Uh, we're just making sure that in the kids and teens section, you're not going to stumble across books and we've gotten a lot of parents i've gotten a lot of parents who've come to me and said listen my kid picked up this book and had some explicit content in it and they were very upset about it so do we just tell them your your voice doesn't matter or are we going to be tolerant of their views too and include them into this process as well so i think it's a good compromise to say we're not getting the book out of the library we're just moving it to a different section so everybody can can uh you know can compromise on this on this issue. Micah so. Beckwith with us. Uh, Micah, staying thematic with today's phone call, I'm going to ask you to put your pastor hat on now and yeah. talk to us about adversarial relationships. <laughs> well, adversarial relationships is a it's probably one of the most difficult things that uh, any Christian or pastor or any person has to go through, and because it, it, a lot of times those adversarial relationships come from people that you you know or that you love or that you trust and they've broken that trust and they've hurt you but you have to really what i found is you have to learn to pray for those who persecute you i mean that's what jesus said and and when you and and you're not doing it necessarily for their sake you're doing it for your sake and and if you can protect your heart from growing bitter it's it's going to go well for you. Bitterness is like drinking poison and hoping it kills the other person. You're not doing anything when you when you're bitter. And so so you have to have the heart of Jesus and just say, "Listen, I you've done things, you said things to me or about me that are totally untrue." And and you have to learn to pray for it. I get I get to practice this every single day like t- hundreds of times over. And there are times where I just want to haul off and and deck somebody in the face. But then I just feel the Lord just say, you know, hey, pray, pray for them. Right. And uh, and if he can be hanging on the cross and look down at the people who put him on the cross and said and, and he said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Then I can pray for and forgive somebody for calling me a mean name yeah. on social media. So, so like an example, this would be today. I didn't tell Lucas. F you for taking all of our money and giving yourself and your colleagues a million and a half in raises. I said, let's come on the show and talk about taking our money and then giving yourself and your house colleagues a million and a half dollars in raises. Did I do it right, Mike? Where's the prayer, Rob? Where is the prayer? 
I think that's a great point, Casey. Where's the prayer, Rob? Come on. Uh, All right, Pastor Micah Beckwith. Thank you. Oh, by the way, real quick, 20 seconds. You got anybody you like today in Hamilton County that people should vote for? Well, listen, there's a lot of great candidates. I put out a a voter guide that I personally think these candidates are good candidates. You can go to my website to check it out, MicahBeckwith.com. But I – but, yeah, I, I think um, we've got guys like Fred Glenn running for mayor in, in Carmel. I like Fred a lot. He's a good dude. Um, there's a guy uh, in Westfield, the football coach, Jake Gilbert. I, I like him a lot. He's got a humble heart. He's teachable. I think he's he's uh, he would be a solid mayor as well. But there are a lot of good candidates. And, and honestly, even in some of these contested races, there's I, I wouldn't be upset if one or the other wins. It's just we've got, we've got a great bench in the Republican Party in Hamilton County. But – um, and then, hey, Rob, if I could, yes. I want to put a plug in for the National Day of Prayer. Can Great. I do that? Yes, right absolutely. Go. Yeah. So Thursday, this Thursday, May 4th at, at noon, we're meeting down at the State House for the National Day of Prayer. It's going to be a bunch of speakers down there. Myself, Dennis Quakenbush, Sheriff of Hamilton County, uh, Tara Klutz, the state auditor. They're going to be praying. We're going to be praying just up for our state. And then Sunday, we're having Kingdom to the Capitol, which is a Turning Point Faith event. And uh, we're going to be... Uh, we had a worship event with Sean Foyt at 4 o'clock on this Sunday. So Thursday at noon and then Sunday at 4, come on down to the state capitol, and we're just going to be praying and, and asking the Lord to intervene on our behalf as a nation. And we can pray for the guys who took all of our money and gave themselves a million and a half in raises. Is that right, Micah? <laughs> That's right. We can pray for them all. Ah, perfect. Pastor Micah back with Thank you, my friend. Hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. In the early morning rain With a dollar in my head. 9.52, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Good morning. So the U.S. military is tracking a mysterious balloon that flew over American soil. Again. It's not clear what it is or who it belongs Again. to. Again. Yeah, so we've got the military on this, and we've got this object. It's flown over parts of Hawaii, but but we don't know what it is. We, we Again. Don't, we don't know where it's going. They do say that it does not appear to have any maneuverability, no. and it's so headed towards Mexico at this point. Of course, Karine Jean-Pierre was asked about this, and she's got nothing. Is the White House aware of this, uh, tracking it as well? Uh, is, is there any response from, from this podium? So I, I heard of the reports as I was com- literally coming out, out to, uh, to the podium. So what I would say is I would refer you to the Department of Defense on this particular question. Go ahead. I don't know anything. I mean, why doesn't she just stand up there and say that? I heard this on my way in, so let me refer you to somebody else. Officials apparently don't believe the balloon belongs to the Chinese, but they're they're still working to identify the owner. That it, it just, how is it possible to happen again? Where does all our money go? Well, well I, isn't there supposed to be? And I'm not an expert on this. Some sort of grandiose? Isn't there a space force? Mm-hmm. Don't don't we literally have a thing called the Space Force on top of all the satellites? And I mean, hell, Star Wars, SDI was in the freaking 80s. <laughs> and we still, uh, oh, there's a balloon. Hey, whose balloon is it? Don't know. Don't know. I mean, I mean, are we saying a balloon can just enter the United States and it just shows up? Mm-hmm. Yes. How did it get here? I don't know. 
Who's this like, belong to? Is this like Top know. Gun? Is Maverick flying the balloon <laughs> under the radar? <laughs> He's got to get below the deck. Okay, so let's play another wild and wacky edition of What in the World is Biden Saying? And we see it here again today in companies like, and I hope I pronounced it right, Ame Power? Is it Ame? I believe that's right, yeah. Ame Power, Florida Small Business Winner Award winner, or uh, Business Week winner. You won. So he's talking at the National Small Business Week Award. He just quit. It's the well anyway. It's the you know the thing. Mm-hmm. And he went out there and you think it, you would look at the list and go, hey, how do you pronounce whatever? Ame. Anyway, you won. Biden versus teleprompter. Teleprompter won. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Good morning.